Well, here we are, Monday, October 12th, 1986, and it is episode 8 of our second season of After the Plot. We're glad that you've joined us, and we're also very glad to be getting close to home. That's right. After revisiting the mechanic in our last episode, we had a, a governor attached to our time machine so that we can't make any multi-millennial leaps. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm the one driving now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rub it in. And for this episode, we've set our investigation in the spookiest season of them all. Halloween, back in good old 1986. That's right, 1986. I believe this is one year before you were born, good job. That's right. Uh, new house currently costs just over $89,000, a gallon of gas is only 89 cents, and both Chernobyl and the Challenger blew up this year. Scary spoopy. Spoopy scary. But you're not here for the stories you did know. And you're not even here for the stories you didn't know. If you're tuning into After the Plot, you're here for the stories you didn't know you didn't know. That's right. And this month, we found the story you didn't know you didn't know while we were on the way to visit our good friend, Dr. No, we've done this. Gyro? It's Gyro. Right. Gyro? Gyro Gyro Lindberger, yes, yes, thank you. Dr. Gyro Lindberger, who has an honorary degree in pumpkin spiceology studies from, uh, is this Cornell University? It's spiceological, Nolan. It, it Spice, is it is spiceological, but you know I didn't want to I didn't want to correct him. It's it's all right. It's fine. I'm used to it. Uh, I didn't yeah. realize Cornell had a degree in spiceological studies. Oh no, they don't. It's Candy Cornell University. Actually, they they are the one that have pumpkin spiceological studies. It's very important. So, Professor, Halloween was and still is one of my favorite holidays. I've always enjoyed you know weather being cool but not quite cold. The, the crispness yeah. in the air. Um, oh, yes. But also, you know, I really I really like many of the Halloween traditions that I experienced as a kid. Not to mention the candy. Oh, yeah. You got that right. And uh, actually, if I remember correctly, you, you recently had your, your sweet tooth replaced with, with, what was that, Bluetooth? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, they replaced a couple with blue teeth. Hmm. So we're, we're, we've moved on to the, the plural. So all of my, my tooths are now blue teeth. Excellent. Oh, excellent. Yes. Uh, uh, and, and as I'm sure your audience knows, there are multiple types of candy that are specific to the Halloween season. Right, they are the, right. the candy apples, the popcorn balls, and of course, the prolific candy corn. Mm. So, Professor, let me, let me ask you, because this is a little bet that uh, I've got with, with Norbert here. It's Nolan. The, the name candy corn is, is quite misleading, right? How so? Well, I mean, as far as, like, classification of edibles go, is candy corn considered corn that is also candy or candy that happens to be corn? So, good job. You've you've hit on not only a fascinating point, but also the topic of my thesis. You see, candy corn in and of itself serves as the nexus between an interesting dichotomy of food-based implements. You mean... Kind of like the uses of pizza we discussed back in Yojimdo, our two-part expose on pizza violence. Well, uh, yes and no. Uh, hmm. Mostly no, but, but also yes. You see, the idea of candy corn is the result of convergent evolution. Uh, much like how both apes uh, and also corn evolved to have ears, but we only eat one of those. 
And there have been multiple instances of candy vegetables, candy zucchini, candy asparagus, uh, uh, candy cauliflower, uh, candy broccoli, always, always a failure, candy Brussels sprouts. I believe I once had a candy cantaloupe, a cantaloupe as you will, but uh, candy corn just, just kind of stuck. Wow, fascinating. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, there is a very well-documented history of the use of corn suffixed items, hmm. not just candy. You, you don't know, say. You, you you've got your Rolodex cord, your pager cord, your dot your dot matrix printer cord, your VCR cord, even early examples of computational cord. You name it. Computational corn? How would that even work? You. You basically just have to set up the right kernels first. So let's let's get into our story for the month. What say? What? I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. It seemed a fairly ordinary night when Goodjob Lacey and his co-host Nolan, two ordinary healthy journalists, left town that late October evening to visit a Professor Lindberger, ex-tutor and now friend to both of them. It's true there were dark storm clouds, heavy, black, and pendulous, toward which they were driving. It's true also that the spare tire they were carrying was badly in need of some air. But, uh, they being normal journalists and on an assignment, well, they were not going to let a storm spoil the events of their investigation. On an assignment. It was an assignment they were going to remember for a very long time. And I gotta tell you, I'm so excited to be visiting the professor. Uh, but I mean, you know, given how old he is in 2020, right now he's probably like, I don't know, do you even think he's a professor yet? Yeah, 1986, I reckon he's already in academia by then. Now. Hmm. Now. Then. Then. Now. Now. How, how do you think we should introduce ourselves? What do you mean? We already have. Well, like, not yet. Here, we're gonna be like, "Hey there, we're your journalist buddies from the future." I'm sure we'll all get along and be great friends. Just trust us. Wink. Holy crap! Oh, we have a flat tire. Phew. Man, that was that was close. Yeah. Well, I guess we should toss on the spare. Damn it! I knew there was something I was forgetting. What? When we were at the mechanics last, I knew there was something else I was supposed to do. I, I do believe the spare tire is also out of air. Did, wait, wait, hold on. Didn't we pass a castle back down the road a few miles? Maybe they have a telephone I could use. Hey, why don't we just go to because, the... Because uh... Uh, we'll need to call a tow truck. 
you know, like my smartphone is basically useless right now. Like I, it's twenty. Yeah, but we we could just go across the. the Actually, street I'm to a little the... worried they might look at our currency too closely. You know, if we have like cash, because our cards aren't going to work. So this could be a Listen, little dicey. We're right next to this Here, big. We play extra- it cool. We can use one of these Acme tools we have from the last episode, right? Mm, good what job. I, what? Let's just go here, the Rocky Horror Picture Show Family Affair Roadside Attraction Museum. See? Look! Oh, yeah. The Rocky Horror Picture Show Family Affair Roadside Attraction Museum. Built on the exact spot of the notorious kidnapping and murder tragedy known as the Denton Affair. The Roadside Attraction Museum drew tourists from all over this region of the country. Tourists who would learn of the mysterious rampage of the transvestites from the planet Transsexual as well as the resilience of the human spirit throughout all challenges and other (laughs) impediments. On a typical day, families of all sorts visited the museum to learn of the tragic events of the Denton affair. And on a typical day, families of all sorts also left the museum, sane and uninjured. But today was not a typical day. Well, the parking lot looks pretty empty. Let's head on in. So is this is this place like a tourist attraction or what? You've never heard of the Rocky Horror Picture Show Family Affair Roadside Attraction Museum? No. You mean like the thing from the 70s, the time warp and all that? It's a museum? I thought it was a movie. That's not entirely the point. I've never been, but I've read about it. It was like a Chuck E. Cheese meets escape room, but based on Rocky Horror Show. Are you kidding me? Jesus, I hate escape rooms. Why? Like, I don't want to go pay money to be, like, artificially inconvenienced at a place and have to try to get out. If you are trying to get out, it's the whole point. Come on, come on. Just don't go could, in, in the first place. It could be fun. It could, maybe it's unique. You don't know. Maybe, there might not be key traps. You know, it could be fun. Let's fine, go in. Fine, fine, fine. Stupid. Whoa! Check it out! What a cool lobby! Oh, look, mini displays of all the puzzle rooms. The ballroom? And over here, the dining room? Oh, oh, back here, the laboratory. Oh, just look, just like in the movie. Just look, look, it's so neat. Hey, man. Is all this glass supposed to be broken? Oh, cool! Look over here! It says we can get our picture taken with one of the reenactors. Where? Over here! 
You mean over by this curtain that's resting on a huge pool of blood and chunks of something meaty? Hmm. That is a little weird. Maybe it's between shows or something. Let's try and get some tickets. I would much rather just use the phone and get a tow truck. Come on! Huh. Nobody's behind the desk. Oh, uh, here we go. Ring bell for service. So, Professor, did you know about the Rocky Horror Picture Show Family Affair Roadside Attraction Museum? For certain, I've been there many a time. I uh, I especially love the Christmas special they do, you know, during December. Mm. Uh, everyone is wearing Santa hats. Uh, the time warp uh, involves jig- everyone's wearing jingle bells. So the time warp is is just a cacophony of jiggly just hell. It's it's pretty interesting. Quite you know, a din. The more the more I talk about it, the more I'm realizing it's it's just kind of an unsettling experience to go through. Uh, it's it's not really all that kid friendly. In fact, it is it is terrifying. It is more terrifying than the uh, Halloween thing. It's it's almost Lovecraftian in the sense of things. The more I stare at it, the more questions I have, and then I I gaze into it and and uh, lose my sense of self, and it's it's quite refreshing. Yeah, I heard the December shows end with a jingle jolly orgy. Ugh. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's also part of it. Look, there's clearly nobody manning the front desk. Let's just call a tow truck and head back to the car. I, I don't like this place. Yeah, I guess you're right. But you know, looking around, I, I don't see a phone up here. Maybe we can just pop into the back and check. Well then, shit man, let's go backstage and find a phone. I'm sure there has to be one around here somewhere. It was here that our two journalists faced a choice. To cross the threshold of the employee's only door, behind which could be heard creaks, groans, scampers, and skitters. Or abandon their quest to bring you the stories you didn't know you didn't know. And this being the Halloween season, well, It was not the treat, but rather the trick, which would be what our two friends remembered. Hey man, I don't remember there being dead bodies in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Well... I mean, there was a little violence in the movie. I mean, like when, you know, when Dr. Frankenfurter kills Eddie after his saxophone solo. Man, is this what all escape rooms are like? Not, not that I can remember. I've only been to, I don't know, 30 or 40. It's quite a lot of blood. See, like these two mannequins dressed over here, 
dressed up like Brad Majors and Janet Weiss. Where? Over here, in the corner, the decapitated and disemboweled mannequins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember them actually getting killed in the movie, either. It is quite weird. And with all the flies in here... Boy, they really went the extra mile with the, the special effects. I guess they've gotten more... realistic over time? It's pretty gruesome. I, I mean, it's neat effects, but yeah. Also, there's no phone in here. Hmm. Guys, those weren't fake bodies. What? What do you mean? The Rocky Horror Picture Show Family Affair Roadside Attraction Museum is not a scary attraction. Hell's Bells, it's practically family friendly. You didn't notice the smell? How are we supposed to know? Yeah, I mean, they, they even tasted fake. Wait, you, you did what now? I'm sorry, what? All right, by now we're like, we've got to be way in the back of the building. Let's, there's got to be a phone around here somewhere. Man, they really went all out with the effects here. Are these supposed to be human intestines strung around the room like rope lights? I guess. They even, it looks like they even soaked them all in fake blood before they hung them up. Oh, oh, look over there. See that guy? Uh, yeah, yeah, the one wearing the weird, uh... What is that? Uh, is that a William Shatner mask? Yeah, I think so. That guy seemed to be hacking apart another one of these very lifelike mannequins and pulling their fake lungs out like he pulled wet towels out of a washing machine. Yeah, that guy. Maybe he works here? I'm gonna go get his attention and see if he can tell us where the phone is. Wait, 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 wait! What, what? Don't, don't go over there. Why not? Just hear me out. We've come all this way. Why don't we just finish the escape room puzzle? You know, open your mind oh a little bit. Oh my god, what the fuck is Come on, come on. Room? I mean, like, clearly they've decorated the place for Halloween or something. Like, uh, you, you know, like they do scarrow-ins. Let's, let's just try it out. You might like it. So you're saying... I shouldn't go over to get the attention of the guy who's now removing the arms and legs from these very real-looking and real-smelling fake bodies just so we can go see the rest of this tourist attraction. Is that is that what you're suggesting? Yuh-huh. Hell, we might even be able to get something for our story. You know, the untold story behind the Rocky Horror Picture Show Family Affair Roadside Attraction Museum. <sighs> All right, all right, fine. Let's 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 sneak off unannounced, away from help, and try the rest of this escape room. Boy, it sure is loud in here. Yeah. Looks like that actor over there is using a chainsaw to hack apart more of these fake bodies. Wow. This is really realistic. Super! You know, I think I like these escape rooms. What? I said I think I'm beginning to like these escape rooms. Oh! Well, let's go to the next room! Okay! Man, that was, uh, that was pretty gross. Yeah, 
Yeah, it really was. But uh, looking around, I think this is just a, a hallway, like a passage to the next room. There's nothing, not much in here. I, I, I guess so. Uh, why, why don't you try the door down at the end? No. No. It, it can't be. What? There's, there's no, there's no way. What? You're scaring me. This, this isn't a real door. It's, it's just a door painted on a wall. <gasps> Good lord. How could they? Acme? I don't, I don't think this is a very safe escape room. Uh, hey, uh, Norbert? It's Nolan. Is that guy wearing a hockey mask holding a bloody machete walking through that door that just a second ago was a door painted on the wall? Run! Oh crap! Oh no! Oh god! Oh crap! It's the guy! It's the first guy with the mask! Yeah, baby! Yeah! Run away! Run away! Do I have a fog? Run away! <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Oh god! Swing! Run! So as scary as our adventure was starting to be, as it turns out, the whole hack and slash thing was a bit of a misunderstanding, something we didn't know until we talked to the professor. Yes, you see, as as most of us know, one of the basic traditions of Halloween is the carving of pumpkins known as jack-o'-lanterns. Some extremists, namely the slashers, have taken a literal interpretation of the original jack-of-lanterns text, which we all know were written by a candle jack- Wait, 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 hold on. That's what jack-o'-lanterns is short for? Jack-of-lanterns? I always thought it was like an Irish thing. No, no. So- Anyway, so the text authors are uh, are made by Candle Hey, hang, hang, hang on. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, you're implying these slashers are Halloween extremists and feel it necessary to carve up actual people instead of gourds? Yes, yes. They're they're trying to make jack-o'-lanterns out of people. I, I don't really understand where the hang-up is, but anyway, the ancient texts who were written. Okay, cool. Snow, it's good to jump in again. All right, cool. Ancient texts who were written by Candlejack. over in that corner without <sighs> the other puke. Whew, man. You know, I'm beginning to think something has gone very wrong in this escape room. Yeah, you, whew, you, you're telling me, man. Uh, let's just pause here for a moment and catch our breath, and then we'll, we'll figure a way out okay. of this escape room. Good idea. Oh, check it out, man. Over there, there's some type of puzzle box, like a Spooky Rubik's Cube, or something like that. Um. Uh. 
I think we should keep moving. I, I don't think we should stay here. No, no, no. Hang on. This will only this will only take a second. I'm 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 great at Rubik's cubes. There's a there's a video of me doing one in like eight seconds on our Instagram. Solved dude, it, dude. Nailed it, dude. You just filmed yourself messing up a solved cube and played that in in reverse. It doesn't even look like a Rubik's oh, man, cube. Man, come on, don't spoil the. Ugh. Anyway, whatever. Let's, let me. I'll just pick it up real quick. Let me just check it. Oh, oh, look at that. Look, it moves all by itself. Wait, they do, uh, they're not supposed. They're not supposed to move by themselves. Maybe we should leave. What? Uh oh. Oh no. crap. Oh no. No god. Look out. No. Oh my gosh. Oh god. No. Uh... Holy crap. Wait. How are you guys still here? It sounded like you guys were done for. Well, we thought so too, but it turns out the Cenobites went after the Slashers. Really? I I thought they were both bad guys. No, see, while they manifest as devout followers of an appearingly supernatural hedonism replete with unorthodox definitions of pleasure, this form of pleasure endorsed by the Cenobites involves two distinct forms. Exactly, exactly. One is the expansion of sensation to an extremely painful point of sensory overload, and the second is an enduring, excruciating pain through incessant tortures that transcend traditional laws of physics. So while they exhibit no discernible morality or immorality, their devotion to the craft naturally brings them towards those who are deemed potential supplicants of said hedonism. So naturally, when the violent slashers came bursting in, the Cenobites were drawn towards them as more worthy of retribution. And so while Leatherface, Mike Myers, and Jason were being meticulously disassembled, we were able to uh, skedaddle out the emergency fire exit. Yeah, we read about it in the Necronomicon and You, 501 Ways to Avoid Endless Torture, as well as the cliff notes to the Jack of Lanterns text. Yeah, those are the ones written by uh, 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 Jondal Flame. Uh, no, I think you're talking about Robert Torchin Flame. No, I think you were thinking of Bobbert Coleman. No, 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 no. I think you're thinking of Eric Campfire. Guys. Philip Seymour Bonfire. Bick Leiterman. Pyres Davis. Uh, uh, guys. Hearth Ledger. No, John Cougar Mellon Campfire. Arson Daly. The the Pixar lamp. Guys, for Christ's sake, it was written by Kendla Yak. Wait, are you talking about the famous Norse author, Candlejack? I'm gonna need more rope. After the Plot is produced by Brent and Nolan Lacey. Additional talent this month was provided by David Hallman. Theme music composed by Jared Bookbinder. Additional music is credited to Richard O'Brien and compiled by Taylor Isaac Gray. Sound effects are credited to tabletopaudio.com and freesound.org. After the Plot is a production of Final Plank Media. crawling on the 
planet's face. Some insects called the human race. 